So we're in a series on prayer and praise. We've been praying and fasting for a whole week now. And last week, I started our message by talking about this uh, magic eight ball. And we know how a magic eight ball works, right? You just ask it questions. It gives you answers. It's a toy, right? It's a hunk of plastic. Can you trust the answers that the magic eight ball gives you? No, no. No, you can't because it's not prophetic. There's nothing special about it. It's just, it's just a toy. Now, I know we don't think this way. I know we don't think this way. But I wonder if sometimes we feel like prayer is talking to a magic eight ball. We pray. This is something we feel. I know we think differently. But, but we feel like our prayers aren't doing anything. Maybe they feel a little empty. But this morning, I want to confirm the truth, right? Hebrews 4.16 is the truth. God's word, tells, God's word tells us that we can boldly enter into the throne room of God, boldly walk in because of the cross, because of Jesus Christ, his blood, his death on the cross for us. We can enter into the throne room and we can pray and seek God's face and he hears us and those prayers matter. It moves the heart of God. So we ought to pray. We ought to be talking to Him. And then we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In time of need. That's what I want to think about this morning. So God provides for us when we pray. When we seek Him, He he gives us what we need so that we can serve Him and that we can live life for Christ in this very, very difficult and at times very damaging world. He provides for us. Okay, here's how I want us to think about that, okay? Let's say, let's say you wanted to be some type of basketball star, all right? Let's say you wanted to be really good at basketball, and you could call anybody, anybody, reach out to anybody, and they would even give you private lessons. Who would you call? See, I'm an old school guy, so I'd probably call someone like Larry Bird or Michael Jordan, because I know LeBron James, he's not really that great. Just played a long time, has a lot of points with really great teams. That's for my boys because they, this is a constant argument. Who's the best, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? And we, we go back and forth on this. Whatever. I would call Larry Bird. Let's say you wanted to be a, a really great business person and you wanted to make a lot of money and you're going to... You reach out to somebody, and they're going to give you some capital so you can actually start your business. Who would you call? Elon Musk, maybe? I kind of like that Mike Liddell guy. I think he's kind of funny. So I'm, maybe I'd reach out to him. Let's say you want to be a journalist, and you, you, some person you reach out to, they would actually allow you to post some of their content on their website. Who would you call? Maybe Ben Shapiro for the Daily Wire, someplace like that. Who would you reach out to? It'd be, it'd be a great opportunity to talk to the best of the best. Okay, here's what I want us to get our minds around. Listen, listen. when it comes to you and your life, your pains, your fears, your struggles, your strengths, your weaknesses, your, your, your sin issues, your relationships, everything going on in your life, every facet of your life, the expert on your life is, of course, God. God knows you better than you know yourself. So why are we not talking to him and seeking him and asking him 
what we should be doing in our lives. Because God not only knows the right thing to do, he knows the right thing for you to do. So why aren't we talking to him? Just pray and say, hey, God, I I don't know what to do. Can you show me? See, I believe God will answer those prayers. He will. So we're in this prayer and fasting, this series on on just seeking God in prayer. And I I believe the more we pray, the more we're going to experience the Holy Spirit. The more we experience the Holy Spirit, the more we'll pray and the more we'll see miracles. And I want to demystify miracles in the sense of a miracle is just a manifestation of divine or spiritual power. So a miracle is when we see a thought pattern or stronghold torn down or the chains of habitual sin are broken. That's a miracle. Or when we see relationships restored, miracle. If if there's a problem between a husband or a wife or or a mom and dad with their kids, when we see God move in the hearts of the families in our church, that's a miracle. But I also want to include healings, dreams, visions, all of this. The more we pray and the more we sow into the supernatural, the more we're going to see God move in powerful ways. That's, That's what I'm praying for. I want to turn up the heat, right, on our hearts, our homes, and our church. Me, me in particular, uh, I was fasting and praying this past week, continuing to fast and pray. I have a particular sin issue I want gone. I want the whole package gone. I want the, the temptation and desires and some of the soul ties, the things that have been holding me back in that area, I want to cut off, gone, and that's what I'm seeking God's face for. Just like, please, God, I want it removed out of my life. Praying and fasting for that. What are you praying and fasting for? What are you seeking? What bold prayers are you praying? Because that's what we talked about last week. First dangerous prayer is to make me bold, to make hard choices. Because anything you do for God's kingdom requires a measure of boldness. Whether it's having a difficult conversation with somebody or being bold enough to say to your own flesh... No, we're not doing this. And taking a step of faith and say, okay, Holy Spirit, please work in me to not fall into this temptation again. Work in my heart. That takes boldness. But this morning, the dangerous prayer that I want us to pray is asking God to speak to me and to direct my life and to direct my paths. That dangerous prayer, because When you say to God, God, speak to me, you're you're giving or surrendering a measure of control over to him. Because if you say, God, speak into this area of my life, when God speaks, because I really believe God will answer this prayer, when he speaks, he's not suggesting. And he's not giving you advice. He's he's commanding you to do something. He's directing you. You Let me give you an example. Let's say your finances are off. Let's say you're, you're, you're tired of living with a deficit and you pray to God, God, speak to me in the area of my finances. Now, I believe God will answer that prayer because we're coming to him with prayer and fasting, a humble heart, a heart surrendered over, over to him to hear him speak. So you're praying and you say, God, I, we need to fix this area of my life. 
I really believe that God will lay out from his word, from godly counsel, from the Holy Spirit's prompting, we're going to talk about this, he'll lay out steps for you to be better with your finances. And when he does that, you have to follow it. Are you with me? Because he's not giving advice. God doesn't give advice. He directs and commands, and we obey. So when you pray, God, speak to me in an area of my life, it requires a measure of, of surrender. So are you willing to, to pray this? Speak to me. I'm willing to listen. Are you willing to pray this? And the question really is, is what's the alternative? You could not pray this prayer and keep fumbling through life, making mistake after mistake after mistake. And, and how's that working for us? Is that working? No, like we, we keep kind of failing. And, and I, for one, just want to hear God speak into my heart so that I know what to do to serve him. And I believe he'll answer this. So let's, let's look at God's word. First Samuel chapter 3. I want to look in the scriptures to see where, where God talks to, to a, a young boy. He's about 12, 13 years old. And he has a great response and then a job to do. So First Samuel chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, we provide one for you. It's, it's in the chair in front of you. If you're watching online, pull out that device. If you're watching on your iPad, pull out your phone. Pull out a copy, hard copy of God's Word. Does anyone still read from like an actual physical text? Okay, how about your personal devotions? Some of you still pull out the rice paper and flip it. Okay. I'm, I'm all digital now. Isn't that terrible? Someone boo me on that? It's like, it's only sacred if I'm actually pulling the physical scripture out. That's sacred. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if that's, if that's really true or not, but all right. First Samuel chapter three. I still firmly believe that's still the word of God, even if it's on your device. Okay. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord Eli, and in those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. Now the lamp of God had not gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of, the God, the ark of God was. And then the Lord called to Samuel. Let's pause for a moment. Maybe this is a familiar passage to you. If it's not, let me give you a little bit of the context. So Eli is the priest. He's a priest for the people of God. So this is kind of coming out of the times of Judges, which if you know the book of Judges, you know that that was a wicked time for the people of Israel. And, and Eli, he's not a good priest. And we actually see some literary cues in the passage his eyes are growing dim. So that's, that's kind of a Hebrew idiom of saying, like, he's just kind of losing touch. And not hearing or seeing God move and, and, and really being able to pay attention or understand what God wants. Eli is not hearing from God. That's the point. That's what this passage is showing us in the beginning. Now, Samuel, Samuel's just a young boy, but he's kind of a, a, a boy of promise. Hannah, 
his, his, his mother had, had wanted a child, but she was barren, so she prayed and just sought the face of God. And God answered her prayers, gave her a boy, and then she dedicated that child to the Lord's work. So that's why Samuel's now at the temple working with Eli. So, Samuel's staying right close to the ark of God, right? God calls to him. And Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Because he hears his name. He hears audible voice saying, Samuel. And, and he doesn't know where that, that, that voice or that, that word's coming from. Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Leave me alone. Sounds like my, my wife when she gets woken up by the kids in the, you know, in the middle of the night. I didn't, I didn't want you here in my room right now. Go back to your room. But, but I'm sick. I don't care. Don't wake me up again. Get a throw up. Go get a bucket. Take care of yourself. Leave me alone. That's my wife. She doesn't want to be bothered when she's sleeping. <laughs> you think that's not true, right? You think that's not true. It's true. I'm the one who gets up in the middle of the night. It's true. And in the morning, isn't it? She's trying to deny it, but she knows better. I'm the one who's always getting up. All right. Again, <laughs> I know the truth. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli, said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. See, this just shows you how out of touch Eli is. He cannot recognize the work of God. And God's speaking. Remember, as a priest, his role is kind of to do both, both prophet and priest at this, at this time with the people of Israel. And he cannot understand when God's speaking. He can't hear it. Third time, the Lord calls Samuel. And Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am, you call me. And then Eli realized the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, speak. Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in this place. So the Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Okay, I want to pause here for a moment. What, what God is doing is very necessary. It's very important. Because there needs to be a change with the, the religious leadership for the people of God in Israel. Eli is not a good priest. And his sons are even worse. The sons of Eli are bad people. Very, very bad people. If you look over at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 22, you, you see a little bit about this, this family. Verse 22, Now Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all of Israel, and how they slept with women who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting. I mean, how blasphemous is this? This is what his sons are doing. He said to them, why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of, you, of, of yours. No, my sons, the report I hear spreading among the Lord's people is not good. If one person sins against another, God may mediate for the offender. But if anyone sins against the Lord, who will intercede for them? He's saying, what you're doing is so offensive to God that it's going to bring ruin to the family. It's going to destroy us. These are bad sons. 
if one person, okay, but if anyone sins against the Lord, who will intercede for them? His sons, however, did not listen to his, their father's rebuke for his, the Lord's will to put him to death. So there's some bad judgment coming for these two wicked sons. But the question really is, where was Eli and why didn't he take care of this? So a change needs to happen and God's making this change. If you look down at, at verse 36, you see where God's going next. Let me say, make sure I got the right verse here. Yeah, verse 35, verse 36. I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and mind. I will firmly establish his priestly house and they will minister before my anointed one, always before my king, anointed one. Okay. Here's the point. Something had to happen. A change needed to happen and so now God is reaching out to Samuel because he needs somebody who's godly, someone who actually loves the Lord leading his people. Now, I want to just ask a question of you. Is there a change that needs to happen in your life somewhere? Is there a change? Is something, is something not right and you know it's not right and the Lord has just kind of been pointing it out Showing you, hey, this, this right here. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray this simple prayer that we see Samuel praying. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I want to disciple my kids. I want my kids to love Jesus Christ. Now, obviously, there's just straightforward ways to do this, right? Talk about the word. Have spiritual conversations. Disciple. But if I, if I want my kids to really love God, why don't I just pray that prayer? God, I want my kids to love you. Speak. Your servant is listening. Isn't that simple? And whatever he says, you do it. Do you believe God will answer that prayer? If you say, God, I, I just want to hear from you on this area of my life, do you think he'll answer you? I, I believe in faith that he will help, he, he will mediate that change. He'll meet you and he'll show you and instruct you. And sometimes, sometimes it's, it's absolutely necessary. So why don't we talk to him? That's my question. What's holding us back? So what area of your heart, home, or church and needs a change, and are you willing to hear God speak toward that area? Maybe it's church. Maybe it's a ministry or area of the church. Maybe, it, maybe it's just a relationship. Just lay it before him and see what he says. I, I believe God's going to answer that prayer. Now, how often did God speak to a person and ask them to do something easy? So God says, all right, I got something for you to do. How often is what he has for them to do easy? It's kind of rare. <laughs> Often when God is speaking into the heart of a person, it's something difficult. I mean, take I mean, the classic examples of Noah. We're going to reset the whole human race, and I'm going to restart with your family, Noah. Now I need you to build an ark, and the whole time you're building it, everyone's going to laugh at you, scorn you, and mock you. That's not easy, is it? Or how about Jonah? I, I, we, we lose sight that the city 
that Jonah had to go talk to was Nineveh, capital city of Assyria. Syria, Assyrians were horrible people. They killed, destroyed a lot, a lot of people. And he has to go to that city and say, repent, or you're going to be judged by God. A few weeks ago, we talked about Mary. God said to Mary, this, the, you're going to have a child, but you're not married yet, and you're not, going to, you're not even going to be a man, with a man, and you're going to have a child. You're going to be impregnated. You're going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Now, you have to explain that to your, the man you're engaged to, but also to your parents. How well will that go over parents? Daughter says, I, I'm pregnant because of the Holy Spirit. What? To your village, to your friends, to everybody around you. I mean, these are not easy tasks, right? But it's okay because God is, is downloading inside of you what you need to do. So you just step out and you do it, even though it's not easy. And the same thing's true for Samuel. Verse 11, so Samuel says, speak, for your servant is listening. Verse 11, and the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it about it tingle. Verse 12, at that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore... I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or by offering. So Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And he was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. He's like, I, I don't want to relay this message, right? That's not easy. I, I basically have to say to Eli, you who've been just negligent at your job as priest and as father, right? Priest and father, you're going to receive the judgment that's coming to you. It's a 12-year-old boy that has to say it to him. That's tough, right? But what job is Samuel going to have moving forward? Is it going to be easy being a prophet of the Lord? Who's the next person he has to confront, big headliner confront? Saul and Saul's wickedness. And disobedience. See, Samuel has a difficult job to do, but he's hearing God speak to him, and he's responding. He's hearing the voice of God, and he's responding in faith and being faithful to that. That's what I want to challenge us this morning. Yeah, it's not going to be easy sometimes, and yes, it might lead to difficult conversations, but you have to still step by faith into whatever God's putting on your heart to say. But do you see how that's a dangerous prayer? Maybe sometimes it would just be easy to avoid the whole thing. But how well does that work for you when you avoid God speaking into your heart on these important issues? See, typically when I'm just reacting to life, I'm not doing life at its best. Amen? When I'm just fumbling along and, and hoping everything works out, I'm not, I'm not truly seeking and stepping according to the will of God. But when you just say, hey, God, speak to me, it's amazing how he just, he just directs your path. He lays it out for you step by step. And we, by faith, take those steps. So are we willing to hear God and hear God speak into our hearts? Do we at least see the importance of it? Okay, quickly, 
Let's talk about how we do that. How do we hear the voice of God in our lives? First, we have to be still. Anyone have like little kids running around your house right now? Hey, we got a couple, we have twin six-year-olds in our house right now. And there'll come a moment in the day where it's getting close to bedtime and that house starts to ramp up. You with me, parents? And you're like, it's bedtime. It's bedtime. Here's your melatonin and let's read a book. It's time for bed. Right? And it's just a level of activity and it's this heating up in the home. I get what it's like to say to a little kid, be still. I just wonder if sometimes God is like, Nate, like, stop. Stop running and being so frantic and go, 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 go. Do, 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 do. Stop and just hear me. L- hear my voice. Sometimes when I come to God, I'm just laying it all up. I'm laying out my, my to-do list for God, and God's like, whoa, 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 stop. I, I'm going to tell you some things, but you just got to. Be quiet. Sometimes it's called the discipline of silence or the discipline of solitude. This past week, my, my prayer and fasting was for food. This coming week, my prayer and fasting is from all of the, the social media and the media. I'm, I'm going to not have the, the reels. Don't they call that like doom scrolling or something, right? Where you just kind of... Find out half an hour later, what have I been doing that whole time? Trying to cut out the distractions. I want to fast from that to cut out distractions so I can just hear. But God's like, be still. Stop moving. Because it feels so frantic. It's incredible how we can blow an hour, man. Hour on Netflix, Hulu, Disney, Amazon Prime. You can blow an hour just streaming. Social media anything. Video games, right kids? Video games, gym. When Christ is, God is saying, be still and know that I am God. I'll be honored by every nation. I'll be honored throughout the world. Like, stop moving and hear from me. I'm just spending an hour quietly hearing from God. And you know what's, That, to me, seems harder than not eating. Isn't that sad? It's kind of the state of the world today to just stop for an hour and have no one or anything distracting me seems harder than just saying, hey, I'm going to go without food. So how does God speak? I want to cover this quickly. God speaks through his word. So, So if you're sitting there and just quietly listening to him or just quietly meditating on God's word, God will speak through a passage. And what I mean by that is that a verse or a passage that you're reading will leap out and just, just basically just give you insight. It is something that's happening at your spirit level. You're like, oh, oh, wow, God, I get it. Yes, that is so clear. I know what I need to do, or I know what I need to change, or I know what I need to believe. God will also speak through other people. And this is the importance of small groups. This is the importance of being in, in those settings where you have good discipleship happening. You have this 
conversations, biblical or, or godly conversations happening. And here's how that works. Godly counsel. Somebody will speak something toward, to you, right? And then what the Holy Spirit does is it takes whatever that, that word or message was and it confirms it inside of you. So somebody doesn't have the right to tell you what to do, right? unless they're just flat out reading a verse to you, until the Holy Spirit takes what was being said and confirms inside of you. Ah, you're right. I needed to hear that. God speaks through circumstances. Sometimes doors open and doors close. Sometimes you have that, that clear peace that this is where I need to go, and then sometimes that door slams shut. And that's obvious how God's speaking through circumstances. And then, of course, He speaks through His Spirit. I just want to talk about that for a moment. Often when I hear God's promptings or leadings, it, it, it feels like a push, an internal spiritual push. Sometimes I, I hear it like a you statement in my head. I'm not saying audible voice, but I know it's just not my eternal thoughts. It's coming from kind of outside of me, and it sounds like a you. Like, Nate, this is what I want you to do. Does that make sense? And then you can be like, oh, okay, that's the Holy Spirit just kind of directing and, and guiding me. I hear that you leading of God. So Samuel heard it as a big, audible Samuel. But we, right, often what we hear is just those internal pushes or nudges. Thoughts. Now, the more you listen, the more you recognize his voice. The key is to be still. Can we develop that this week? Taking a little time, saying, God, speak. Carving out time, getting rid of something, maybe fasting from something that is distracting so you can spend more time hearing him. Okay, next. I think we need to be willing to allow God to direct our paths. Proverbs 3, 6 says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So what, what I would like us to do this week as an exercise is I'd like us to take a blank page. I, I almost was tempted to provide one for you, but I thought, come on, I, this is not kindergarten. I probably could just tell you to grab a, a blank page, half sheet of paper. And what I want you to do is I want you to write on the top of it. Just say, hey, God, this is the area that I, I really want to hear from you, okay? So let's just say parenting for me. I, I want to speak into my, my teenage kids' lives more effectively. Right there at the top. And then instead of just forcing this list, what, what, what if I just, just quietly prayed but listened and let God write the insights down. Now, I'm not saying devoid of the Word. I mean, I'm saying it can be reading and meditating on God's Word. But also, all of this stored Word that God has already downloaded on the inside of you over all the years of you studying, what if you just, just laid that sheet down and just say, okay, God, direct me. And we start listening to Him. And see what gets written down. You willing to try this? See what God says? Developing our ability to hear Him? What do you say?
think it's simple, and I'd be fascinated to hear how that works out for all of you. Finally, let's be ready. When God speaks to us, we have to respond with faith. Because sometimes what he might ask of you might be a stretch. It might startle, it might scare you. I mean, you're sitting here just praying, writing some things down, and one of the things you write down because you just, just this thought, this impression just hits you so, just so clearly, right? Right between the eyes. You go, oh, wow, okay, God, I hear you on this. I don't want to do it. It's like, uh, I'll do number one and two, but three, I don't know. Okay, in faith, take that step. Now, I don't know what it is, right? This is between you and the Lord, and you're seeking Him. And, and the examples out there, are so there, there's so many ways you could go with this. Maybe it's decision-making. You have a big decision to make. Maybe it's a sin issue, and you're just done with struggling with the same sin issue. Bring it before the Lord. Maybe it's a relationship, and you're wondering, what, where should I go with this relationship? What should I do next? Maybe it's a job. Maybe, who knows what it is? Maybe it's a kid. Maybe it, there, There's a lot of possibilities you can write on the top of that sheet. And I'm, I'm convinced he'll answer this prayer. I'm convinced he will. And that he will give you insight and direction. And I'm also convinced it's not going to be easy. And that the steps you have to take, you're going to have to have a lot of faith. Do it anyways. And see what the Lord does, where he takes you. See, the only thing more dangerous than praying this prayer is not praying this. That's, you, you, you can just like close your ears and say, God, I'm just going to keep doing life my way. I'm just going to keep trying and trying and hopefully it works out. Or you could actually talk to the person who knows you better than you know yourself. Knows everything about you, knows your future, knows your past. Knows what, knows what you do well and what you don't do so well. And, and knows exactly how to handle every situation you're in. But why don't we talk to him and ask for him to lead us? God, speak to me. Amen? Amen. All right. It's a simple exercise. I'm fascinated to see what God will say to our church and say to us. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I know that just a simple thought as in asking you to speak to us might seem like a big deal. Right now, maybe people are sitting here going, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I know things are not working well, but still, I feel comfortable. I pray, Father, that they will move past comfort and seek out the supernatural, seek out you, the miracle worker, who's going to make drastic changes and, and really bring us to a, a, a better place of faithfulness to you. Father, changes need to be made around the temple and the people of Israel. And so he spoke to Samuel, right? You spoke to Samuel. So Father, I, I know there's changes that need to be made around this church and in the homes and the hearts of the people who are here. So I pray that you'll speak to us and we, your servants, will listen. And we will not hold back. We will not hold back areas of our life 
that need to be brought to the light. Instead, let the light shine in and show us. And we, as your faithful followers, will do it. Right now, even, I just pray that you may just give just a measure of insight to everybody here, everybody who's watching online, everybody who's a part of this. I just pray you just give them a measure of insight. Just let that clear thought rest rest on them. They go, oh, okay, this is where I need to seek the Lord. Right here. This, this, is, this area right here, need, I need to make a change here. Maybe it's something emotional. Maybe it's something physical. Maybe it's something, you know, maybe it's, again, it's the habitual sin stuff. I pray that whatever it might be, I pray that they just, it's so clear to them. And that this, that this week, like, they will just take time to hear from you. Like, just carve out time. Force it. Say no to things. Just say, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that tonight. I just want to spend an hour with the Lord. Why don't we all spend an hour with the Lord? And we just all find our space to hear from you. Pray, Father, that you will lead us. Speak. Your servants are listening.